Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframed. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Growth Reframed. We are so happy you are here. Last week, we talked all about living intentionally and really living with more purpose, figuring out what's important, what you want to be pursuing, and not just getting busy in the day-to-day life and work and everything else, and just being more realistic with where your time goes and what you're doing. So if you haven't listened, go ahead and have a listen to last week. But today... Today, we are going to be talking about overcoming perfectionism. Yeah, I have, no, I have nothing to say about this one. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about it before. Uh, I mean, clearly, you're a type A perfectionist. And so... Just a little bit. <laughs> we've long talked about doing an episode on that topic because I just think it's worth exploring. And so I actually came up with a handful of questions that... I'm going to kind of interview you today oh, and we're going to go through it. But also I want to talk a little bit about myself and kind of how I've experienced it. Even though I don't necessarily fit into that bubble, fit into that category, I still think it affects all of us. So even if you don't consider yourself a perfectionist, I think there's going to be a lot of valuable things in this discussion. Or maybe they'll just learn how to better understand oh. A perfectionist in their lives. That's right. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll have some kind of idea of how to work around and be with a perfectionist. Mm. And so we haven't really had a lot of these conversations, just to be honest, y'all. So one of the things that I'm curious of is what you think, I mean, you clearly you identify as a type A perfectionist. So like, what is it that you think causes that for you? Like what makes you feel like that's what you should be what makes you like what makes that happen how does how does one become a perfectionist is what I'm trying to figure out okay so it's really funny that you're asking me that because I've long thought about this and I feel like the common answers are like well my parents expected so much out of me or you know I really wanted people to like me and I feel like those are so not my case like Growing up, okay, so the story is that when I was two, I made my first mistake. Brandon loves this story. Hold on, I've never never heard this. (laughs) Because he's never heard this before. But the story goes that when I was two, I made my first mistake and, like, did something wrong for the very first time. I took a box of uncooked spaghetti noodles and dumped them all over the floor. And my parents were so happy that I finally made a mistake and did something wrong like a normal child should at two. They clapped for me. And that's the story that we've told for almost 40 years now. (laughs) And so really, honestly, I don't believe that it was my parents. Like they obviously were proud of me and obviously expected a lot of me, but they were never like, you must get all A's. You must be this certain person. You must do these certain things. Like they supported and loved me every step of the way. And I like even still to this day, I couldn't have asked for better parents. So it wasn't them doing it. And I feel like that's one of the most common ones is like somebody imposed this perfectionism on you. And so, no, that's not it. And so then I was like, well, maybe it's because people 
maybe it's because I wanted people to like me. And then I was like, but honestly, being a perfectionist is kind of like the opposite of people liking you, right? Because growing up for me, that perfectionism showed up and being like the smart kid and the reader kid and the, you know, the glasses wearing braces, doning like that, like I was the geek. And so <laughs> to say I did it because people would like me more is crazy because people like a perfectionist less in my, less in my opinion. So that's out too for me. So I'm like, I guess somewhere along the way, I just internalized this and made it my thing. And I don't know why or how it came to be because nobody made me this way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, and I wonder for you too, because you're the oldest child. So I wonder if mm. birth order plays any, any part in it. Like when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, I'm the youngest, you're the oldest. Mm -hmm. It seems to make more sense that you would want to show up in a way, even from a young age, because you have younger siblings, you know, it might be that you wanted to show up in a more responsible way and take care of things and be more of like, not oh, even wow. like your parents expected it, but to be that perfect child, to be that person that no one had to worry about because you had younger siblings and you knew like your mom had her hands full, for example. And so you were trying to maybe, maybe I'm way off, but uh -huh. maybe that's where my brain goes. It has to do with your birth order. Yeah. I mean, birth order is definitely a thing. My argument against, I mean, I totally believe in birth order, but my arguments against that is that I'm seven, almost seven years older than my first and oldest next sibling. So I don't believe that like I didn't show per perfectionist tendencies until she came along. Like, I don't think that I was this imperfect child up until I was seven. And then was like, Oh, now I got to be a role model. Let me change my home, change who I am. As I said, it's been long established that I am anal and a crazy person to the extreme when it comes to wanting things done the right way. And it's my way or the highway and all those type a perfectionist, crazy people, things that I am. Yeah. So what's interesting to me too, is you, so you said, you know, it's probably, it, it wasn't most likely from your parents because that's just not the situation you had. And you said, it's probably not even about blending in and like being accepted and being there for you know, classmates, other people, because like you said, that's not really a tendency that most people are looking for. So then I would go to, then it's an inner voice for mm -hmm. you. And so for you, does it come with you, if you're perfect in your mind, then you're more worthy as a person? Is it you're a failure if you're not doing it all perfect? How does it show itself with your inner voice? Yeah, I would definitely say that that's true. I think that most perfectionists and I, well, me definitely, but I would argue that probably most of us are like this don't even like to necessarily try new things all the time unless we're like 97.5% sure that we're going to be better than decent right off the bat. Like I would not try to go do something new until like the last few years, obviously when I've been on my personal growth journey. But prior to that, I would not have gone and done something new that I wasn't reasonably sure that I could be great at and pretty decent at to begin with, but eventually excel at and pretty quickly excel mm -hmm. because it's just a risk too, too risky to take, I guess, because you're just, you know, if you're not okay with failure, if you're not okay with not being perfect, if you're not okay with people not seeing you in that perfect light, then you're not going to go do things that would make you look possibly stupid. So yes, definitely an inner voice thing. Mm -hmm. What do you think your, 
if you're inner perfectionist voiced, what do you think they're most afraid of then? Mm. Like being found out, being the fact that you're not perfect. Like, like you just said, is it about feeling stupid? Like I'm just trying to figure out and dissect the motivation behind why you're feeling that way. Cause I know for me, <laughs> I've told you a million times and you get sick of me saying it. And sometimes I still say it and sometimes I don't. And it's like, just get over it. Just, you know, just forget about it. Like mm-hmm. just move on. It's fine. It's okay. But then there must be something that there must be some sort of fear there for why you're showing up. Like what is your mm-hmm. inner perfectionist afraid of? I guess probably you touched on it a little bit earlier, just like that worthiness feeling, because I can't really think of anything that it would be other than that. Like for instance, it really stresses me out that we don't have like a perfectly clean home. Like no matter how much I want our house to be perfectly clean and how much I work so hard to make it that way, it just doesn't exist. We have two dogs, two kids, a hamster. Our life is very busy. We're running companies. Like no matter how much I think that I want the house to be clean. Like that's not our strong suit. Like we are never probably until the kids graduate from high school going to have a house that looks the way I wish it would look. And that causes anxiety for me. And I think that anxiety, that anxiety comes from feeling like a failure, feeling unworthy that like, I don't have the house that I think everybody else does. And of course I realize consciously that everybody doesn't have a perfectly clean house all the time, but in my brain, I'm like the failure because I can't do that. Like everybody else can. Mm-hmm. like everybody else can in quotes, because clearly I get it. Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, like everyone else can, except right. that's your inner voice speaking exactly. right now, because exactly. clearly that's not what everyone else is doing. And that's just your, you know, the perfection tendency coming out. Mm-hmm. We're exactly. hearing perfectionist Meg, Maggie mind right oh, now. Yeah. I mean, and it's everywhere. It's not just at home with a clean house. It's at work. It's at, it's everything I do. Like if I'm not being the perfect mother, I'm probably harder on myself than a lot of moms would be because, you know, I've failed my children and I've probably messed them up for life or, you know, all those things go through your brain. Like, and I know that all parents do that. I don't think I'm unique in that, but I probably am a little bit harder on myself just because of that drive to be perfect in every single area of my life. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you've touched on it a little bit, but what are the ways that you think that you've noticed over the years, because obviously you're aware that it's happening. What are the ways that it's negatively in- impacted your life to be a perfectionist and to show up that way each day? Well, I think it really hurts on some level without, if I don't do anything and I don't kind of counteract it, I think it definitely hurts like personal relationships. Like if I'm not paying attention to that, then I'm impacting how our relationship is because you're more likely to be not understanding of what's happening and I'm more likely to just keep pushing at it, pushing at it, like make you do things that you don't want to do because I need them done. And you're just going to get a little resentful of me for that. And I'm just going to get irritated that it's not happening. So I think like in a marriage situation, it can cause some friction. And then just at work too, because if I'm demanding that everybody do it perfectly a hundred percent of the time, then that's going to cause, you know, a lot of stress on everybody else around me because they're not going to live up to that standard. Of course they're not. They're, they're humans. Like mm-hmm. I don't even, ha- I don't even live up to that standard. So expecting every single person around me to do the same isn't realistic for me or for them. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, I can tell, I mean, just from, I mean, obviously it's going on 20 years we've been together and obviously we've had to try to learn each other and move past that. I would say for me, I understand it. It's, it's interesting because I don't 
count myself as a perfectionist at all. Like there's, it's, it's rare that I would ever feel like that's how I am. Like I said, I'm the youngest child. I'm, you know, I'm way more low key, way more go with the flow, Mm -hmm. way more like that, except situationally, I call it situational perfectionism. (laughs) I do have situational perfectionism. You do. For example, what we're doing right now, this podcast, anything creative that I'm doing when I'm creating, excuse me, when I'm creating content, when I'm doing anything where I'm out of the norm of what I do and I'm leaning into things that I'm not really sure of, that's where the perfectionist comes in. That's where you're actually counseling me on the done is better than perfect type Mm -hmm. thinking. Right. And I still struggle with that. And you know I struggle with that. But I want to say that to everyone out there because even if you don't identify as a perfectionist, you might fall in the, the rung that I do of the situational perfectionism. Right. So where is it coming up that you're expecting yourself to show up and not make mistakes? What? How are you doing that and what pressures are you putting on yourself? And see, I find for myself, definitely with the creative things when I'm trying to do that, and certainly... When I'm doing something new that I've never done before, I'm expecting that it is going to be perfect. And if it's not, then my inner voice is coming out and saying, you suck. You're worthless. You should never have tried this in the first place. All the bad things. And so for me, I can identify with that. But what I wanted to ask you is, and I could speak to it too, but how have you... Now that you've identified your perfectionist, we've talked about how it's negatively affecting you. If you take down that shield, when you're able to take down the shield of perfectionism, what strategies have you used to be able to kind of take down that shield and allow yourself to, even though it doesn't come natural, maybe go with the flow more? Like what are things in your life that you've found are helpful to get past it? Because I know there's other people listening to this that say, yeah, I'd love to, but and they have a million reasons why it won't work and they're perfectionists. So I'm sure they have even a million more reasons for why it won't work. So what strategies have you found that have helped? I mean, I think we all got to find our inner Elsa a little bit. Like I think we have to find ways to just let it go. And I get that it's almost impossible when you feel the way I feel to do that, but I've gotten so much better at it. And I think you'd agree with that over the past couple of years, since I've been paying attention and trying to do less of it, I do feel like channeling that inner Elsa and letting it go a little bit more is hard, but it's possible. Not that I ever not care or not let something go to the point of like totally relinquishing all of it. But I do feel like I've been better. And that's just a process of like making conscious decisions that like it doesn't have to be perfect every minute. So for instance, we'll go back to the housework thing for a minute. Choosing to play a board game with you guys instead of doing another load of laundry. Like for me, that's an example of letting something go and fighting against perfectionism. It seems small to most people, I'm sure. But for me, that's a big step because I usually don't do things like that. So if I choose, you know, sequence junior over laundry, that's a huge win. If I decide that on a weeknight, we're going to skip homework and do it in the morning and instead go to a park because the weather's been beautiful. That's a big win for me because I'm just making little tiny choices here and there that are, against everything in my inner being because, you know, the homework should be done and the dinner should be great and the, all the things like before we can do the fun stuff. And that's not always how life should work. Like sometimes you have to go out of order. Sometimes you have to mix it up. And I think just every time I do that, I'm getting a little bit better. 
And like at work, I feel like one of the biggest things is just delegation. Like it's so hard to ask somebody else for help or to do something for you because you hold it so tightly. You're like, I can't let this go because nobody will do it better than I can. No one's going to do it the same way that I do. And yeah, that's probably true. Maybe, maybe I will do, and maybe you will do it better than the next person. But do you really want to live like that? The level of stress and anxiety that you have right now forever, just because you won't let somebody else try eventually. I mean, it took you and it took me, but we both had to kind of work together to get me to a place where I was willing to let go of some of the things. And yeah, I still feel like it's not done quite the way I would do it. And I don't feel like it's the level that I want it done, but I'm not the one doing it anymore. So that's freeing. And as I start to experience some of that freedom, I think it almost like uses the muscle so that I can start doing more of those decisions. Like as I'm making those decisions to let go a little bit more and to delegate a little bit more and to choose fun a little bit more, it makes it almost easier to choose that again the next time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because ultimately, I mean, you're sitting there white knuckling it and you're squeezing it and you're like, why can't I find the time? Why can't I, why why am I stressed? Why Mm -hmm. am I tired? Yeah. Why am I just feeling the way I'm feeling? And it's ultimately because you're not setting yourself free. Right. (laughs) Like every time you make the decision to, like we talked about last week, living more intentional, every time you make a decision that goes against your inner perfectionist voice, you're loosening the shackles a little bit more Mm -hmm. and becoming a little bit more free. Right. And then you see that you did let it go. It might not be done like it was supposed to be, but you're still here. Right. It It went okay. Right. It went okay. And you, you see that you, by doing it, by focusing on it, by white knuckling it, you were actually holding yourself back from being free. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the thing is there's, there's positive things to making sure that things are done well. Like you are highly, excuse me, highly successful at pretty much everything you try to do because you focus in on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to blow smoke. I'm saying you are because when you lock in, that's something I admire about you. Well, thank you. Your work ethic and everything else. The thing is where it goes to the next step of Mm -hmm. right, but now it's got to be absolutely perfect. And what's amazing is, I just want to touch on this because we've talked about on this episode, but when you, when I have to come to you and we kind of know that it's coming and we kind of strategize and we kind of make sure, like I do things as your husband to make sure that it's more hospitable for your inner perfectionist. Cause I know no matter how much you try, no matter how many strategies you put in, it's still going to come up. But now that we've done that, you identify and do it to me too. So when my creative self is going, when I'm like, oh, this, you know, this wasn't the best or that's not the best or I don't know. And you're like, this is great. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I think it's terrible. And you're like, that's your inner voice. Settle down. <laughs> but see, you're able to, the longer you go on and do that, you're able to to speak truth into the, into the inner voice and into that perfectionism and understand again that done is way better than perfect. Because I know a lot of people out there are sitting there. And they're probably been sitting there for a long time, not doing the things that you said, saying, well, I can't really lean into that because I've never done it and I might fail and I'm not going to be successful. And so I'm not going to try. It's better for me to just sit in my comfort and not do it. Right. And that's the thing. You, you, you're, you're never going to get anything new or get to a different place that you potentially want to go if you don't 
let yourself lean in and experience things even in the presence of potential failure. Right. And that's the last real big point that I wanted to even touch on is like, eventually you come to a place where you have to take risks and as uncomfortable it is as it is to try stuff that you might not be so great at right away. It's super important for your growth, just for your personal growth and for your step away from perfectionism. Like this podcast, for instance, is so the fact that I'm sitting here, what are four years into it? Four years into a podcast is beyond my wildest dreams because you're looking right now at a girl who was like, I hate my own voice. I don't want you to look at me. Don't put me on a video camera. Don't put me on an Instagram. Don't put me on a recording of my voice. Like nothing. Like, please do not. I hate everything. And then you came to me one day and were like, hey, I think I'm going to start a podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's do one together. Like even just that is so mind blowing that that even happened. And that's a perfect example. Like I did not think I was going to be good at it. I mean, I was clearly terrible at first, but eventually you kind of learn to do it. And it took a long time to be pretty decent at podcasting for me because it's just so far outside of my comfort zone. So far out of everything that I ever thought I would do. And I love this. Like, I love that I'm able to talk and I'm love that I'm able to not freak out about saying a word wrong anymore or the sound of my voice. If it's a little scratchy because I don't feel like any of that is so much better than I used to be. And that was all because I chose to take a risk that I probably should have and would have never taken except I just did it anyway right yeah that's amazing and I think that's a great place to end it I mean my challenge to everyone out there is to think about what are the things that you've been putting off where are your perfectionist tendencies coming in and how could you push yourself into different areas and what would it look like if you challenge those voices and decide to push yourself forward for, for us, we want you to reach out to us. If there's something that you've been putting off that you're going to decide to do today, this week, reach out to us over on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We want to hear about it. We want to encourage you. We want to just know that hopefully this episode touched you. If this meant something to you, please share it over on social media and make sure to tag us at Growth Reframed. And we love y'all. Thanks for listening to Growth Reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you. So shoot us a DM on Instagram at growth reframed. We love y'all.